Yo, what's up, faders? Welcome to yet another episode of Got Fit in Japan. This one here is a heavy hitter. Uh, yeah, we've got a uh, very special guest on the show who I'm not going to say uh, because I say it later. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I think she says it. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty epic episode. Actually, we got so goddamn faded. Holy shit. We killed a bottle of Pims. Uh, I don't know how many cans of beer. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of alcohol going around, and it was actually fantastic. Wow, what a goddamn good time. And uh, so, uh, yeah, this is actually part one. And without further ado, enjoy the show. What's up, faders? Welcome to yet another episode of Got Fit in Japan, and I'm Johnny. And I'm Tom. And today we've got a very special guest, the lovely, the wonderful, the Mrs. DJ Sonora. Sonora. How do you say that? Sonora? Sonora. Sonora. Sorry, I say it like a, with a Japanese accent instead of how Sonora. it should be. I say it was Sonora. No, it's so. Oh, uh, really? I use the X because... You need to, you know, nowadays it's important that your name comes up in Google. Okay, okay, fair enough. That is a fair point for self-promotional purposes. That is good. I agree. I'll be like, Google me, bitch. Mm. And if my my name is buried under a whole bunch of shit, well, that's no use, you know? How do you spell Sonora? Sonora! (laughs) Actually, we should probably post a, like, how do you say, like, her DJ page or a Facebook profile? Yeah, we always do that. It's pronounced, uh, uh, it's spelled X-O-N-O-R-A. I'm so glad you said that because I was like Z O R O. No, that's Zoro. Uh, <laughs> I'm bad at spelling. Faders, <laughs> thank you very much for tuning in. This is episode number 314. Yes, that's right. We've been here for over six years doing this. And this we're train still wreck. rocking it. And we're still rocking it. And today's a very special day because we have a very lovely guest. And tonight is motherfucking Devil's Night. What's up, Slayer bitches? <laughs> well, I, I, I got to say, like, I've really wanted her on the show because, mm-hmm. like, how, how do you say, like, w- when you asked me to do the show with you as a co-host, like, actually, you asked me to do the show, and I said okay. I I don't don't recall it like that. Yeah, you said, hey, you don't have a co-host. Can I be on the show? And I said, okay, I'll give you a little bit of a trial thing. We'll see how it goes. Was I drinking at the time? You are always drinking. I think it's it's easier to pinpoint the times when you're not drinking than the times when you are drinking. I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I don't either, to be honest. I mean, you're, when you're really drunk, you seem kind of sober, and then you have that that one last beer, and all of a sudden it's just like it's it's a train chaos. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's great. We love you, Tom. It is great. And right. uh, got into Japan. Uh, two dudes. Actually, that's my line. So All right. This is what happens when you drink so much. Got to Japan is about two dudes, booze. Japan and the news. Now you got it, Tom. Good job. All right. And today, boobs. No, and and today, boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Usually, it's my boobs, but nobody notices. There are man titties. Uh, I got man boobs. Hers are bigger than yours. Why? Well, yeah, but mine so. are not man boobs. Exactly. They're sexy, hot woman boobs, which we like. We, we talk. I talk about titties often because I like them. You don't like mine. Mine are hairy. Exactly. <laughs> Wow. Exactly. Is it just the nipple or is it all hairy? Dude, I'm like Chewbacca, dude. Seriously, when I take off my shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is fucking good. Yeah. No, but anyway, real quick, like, I really wanted to have her specifically on the show. I'm like, she's good. She's perfect. She's got. She's, she's an interesting person. She's got some good stories, and like, uh-huh. how do you say like? She's got that sick, sarcastic black humor that we like. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, yeah. So yeah, so it was like she's perfect. You got like we, we, I tried to get on her. I tried to get her on like uh, a, a mother ago schedule just yeah. wouldn't line up, which is unfortunate. But she's here now, so boom, done. Awesome. He actually talks about you all the time. <laughs> He's like, that's something Lexi would have done. You know, Lexi likes spaghetti. Let's eat spaghetti. Hey, do you want to drink a sign? He's super... I like that much. Like, she, I'm just like, like friend. who is this Lexi girl that you're always talking about? <laughs> Jeez. Um, I'm the person who always makes, like, the butt sex jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we love butt sex. Oh, that, 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 that is good as well. Awesome. Speaking of jokes, Tom. What? What did you do last night? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah, would you like to hear about my virtual shit show of a life? Because, like, I, I, Halloween's fucking come to me, and I didn't take a no for an answer. Dude, you do have a pretty awesome Halloween costume every single year, dude. Yeah, every I do, time I, you I post do, pictures okay, on Facebook. Okay, like, 
<laughs> I don't. I, I don't wish to talk about it too much because there's a lot of personal bullshit's going to come up, and this is why we have a guest so we can interview her because she's interesting. You post pictures of it on Facebook. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Uh, I will show you some pictures, and you can tell me what you think, and then then we're going to move on, and we're going to interview her. Yeah, we have to describe these pictures so that people know what the fuck we're looking at. Tom doesn't realize that the camera is not working on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> or that we haven't used a camera. Okay, that was last night. Okay, you kissing some girl. Great. No, that's a dude. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here we go. Here, here's the good stuff. All right, Lexi, uh, actually, I remember this costume. Lexus, I would like you to describe these because your voice is much more better than mine. Um, There's like a couple of velociraptors and like one of them is humping a pug. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, which one are you? The pug? I don't know. Am I, am I the pug or am I the hump? I have no idea. And like, they've got on these sexy little skirts. What and I fuck? think you can see like a half of a butt cheek on the pug. Oh, that's awesome. See, I never go to these kind of parties anymore. Don't get married. You're missing like, it's, out. It's not a girl dressed as a pug. It's an actual pug. It is a pug? Oh, dude. <laughs> next one. Next one. Oh, and now a corgi has joined in too. <laughs> corgi? You had a... <laughs> a corgi is like giving the pug like a... A, like an air blowjob, even though I think the pug's a girl. Oh, god damn it, you, know, you are so fucking bizarre. You know, you know what? I think I'm gonna have to fucking revoke your phone privileges right now. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. It looks like the velociraptor's on his period. Like, what's all this, like, red stuff coming out? I think uh, that is her blood. We're so fucking done. Alright, Johnny, next one. That is so not, that is so not what is happening. <laughs> kind of is. She just, just fucking lipstick the piss oh, out of me. Oh, check it out. It's a human centipede. Oh, dude. That would be... Actually, that, one, that one's cool. That one's blacklight. A blacklight human centipede? Oh, dude. Sorry. I hit your... <laughs> okay. That's fucking cool, right? Okay, so... I will be posting these later. You, you have so fucking lost your phone privileges. <laughs> dude, I saw the craziest costume yesterday. I saw two of the craziest costumes <laughs> yesterday that I want to talk about. There is this guy. This is at Ageha... He was wearing a Godzilla Wait, am I, am mask. Am I able to talk about this one? Yes. That was fucking awesome. She was hot. She was all over me. Dude, you know you're still like... Wait, you've got a fiancé, right? Not anymore. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, here's a picture of Tom dressed as the Mad Hatter. And he's got this girl that has her butt hanging out. And she's wearing like these... Uh, what are these? What kind of like stockings? Like, they're like nets. butt fishnets. stockings. Yeah, They're like they're thigh-high butt stocking fishnets. Oh, wait a second. I see an Adam's apple. It's a dude that's on Tom's lap. And she's... <laughs> Is there a nutsack hanging out? Or did he do a good job of tucking that in? No, 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 no. I think that might be his hand. No, that's a nutsack. Yeah. I, I thought it was Knuckles. <laughs> you know, with fr- guys with friends like you, I don't need enemies. You don't. Like, I mean, you know, they make things to hold it in, but you know, you can never really, you can never really hide that completely. I know, I never can. I mean, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, Tom, you got to post these to defend yourself. You do know that. I will do that. So, um, so the fighters uh, can determine if there's dudes or chicks. So I wanna- I'm pretty sure they're chicks. Inside voice. I want to talk about the most right, messed yeah, up costume ahead. I saw last night. This was at Ageha Halloween. Mm-hmm. There was a guy there wearing a full head Godzilla mask oh. with a like and some kind of like button up bodysuit. I don't remember what the bodysuit was. It wasn't that standout. But then on top of the Godzilla mask, he had like this pink plushy poop on the top. Ooh, then he poop. had like soft, plump. Uh, voluptuous fake titties on popping out of his bodysuit and then the cherry on the top was from the mouth of the Godzilla mask he had a giant penis coming out (laughs) oh my god that that, that is and it was like it wasn't even just a dick it was like a veiny ass circumcised dick like like you know full on like like all the veins and shit like that I know that, that, that is so epically awesome it's just How it's just so dick. bad. <laughs> no, sorry, dude. Go for it. I'm sorry. Um, I've had a few drinks in me. I know. I can't I promise. Can smell it. it was like a blowjob, but going in the wrong direction because <laughs> because That's like a good way to describe it though. Like the penis was coming out of the mouth instead of going in it. Like so, I wonder if you French kiss that person. Is it the same way as of like? Is it the same as doing a blowjob? Is it like a penis tongue? 
Like, it actually, the way he made it was... Penis tongue. He took one of those ah. cock and ball-shaped water guns they sell at Don Quixote, uh-huh. and he lodged it in the mouth. <laughs> so, technically, if he filled the nutsack with water, he could have actually been shooting that at people. <laughs> he should have filled it with milk. Oh, my God. Yeah, he oh should have filled it with milk. Oh, dude, that'd be dude, great. Dude, I would have just paid money to see him see someone try to make out with him and be like... Sucking on the Dude, big cock. You would get like 10 billion views if you just posted a video of that on YouTube. Probably would. People <laughs> love dinosaurs with cocks. Yeah. In the mouth, of course. Yeah. In the mouth. If you're going to do, do something, you got to do it right, right? Oh, yeah. dude, if, if, if you're going to go, you know, if you're going to go Halloween, go all the fucking out. You got to go all yeah. out. I think a lot of people did. I think I went pretty fucking hardcore, and, like, she probably did as well, so. I, yeah, I heard some story about she was some kind of, like, was it peanut butter pencil? I don't know. Uh, no, um, I actually <laughs> dressed up as. Pen, pineapple, apple, pen, P-P-A-P. I made my face and my body into a pineapple. I shoved a pen into my hair, and I have these apple earrings on. Uh-huh. And so I was getting a lot of people taking pictures with me when they finally realized what it was. And um, I actually saw a live performance and got to meet and take a, uh, take a picture with the uh, Pico Taro, the guy who made P-P-A-P. Oh, my God. Tom, you know the song? No. I have a pen. Oh no 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 no! I have heard. I have. Heard. I, I, I take that apple back. Apple like, pen. Apple pen. I thought it was pineapple pen. Yeah, I yeah, have a I... pen. I have pineapple. Uh, pineapple pen. Are, are you sure? Are you sure it's a good idea to give, to give me more alcohol? Dude, you've got a it's bag. It's never a full good idea, beer. but it happens anyway. You just have to accept Besides, it. Besides, that's like 90% like fucking ginger ale and shit. I'm yeah. trying to sober you up a little bit. <laughs> so you can uh, use but it like, in Yeah, anyway, but like, yeah, uh, actually, so this is technically an interview. I know we've we, been meandering about on several topics, but uh, so, DJ in Japan? So, oh, okay, yeah. One. So like, yeah. Um, how I started DJing, I. So was, you are a DJ. Yeah. Um, She's I professional, started, yo. She I used to be about, my manager. So okay, anybody that goes to a nightclub that plays a CD or whatever they're doing out MP3s, that's definitely professional. So you're technically technically a professional as well. Because well, I get paid, no. But like, she's like professional, as in it's her full time job. Okay. I'm amongst other things, event organizing. But yeah. anyway, sorry, sorry. All right. So like eight years ago. Um, Okay, you know how it's really hard to find good bacon in Japan? Like, the bacon here fucking sucks. Yep. Yeah. Like, I guess someone had, like, a bag of bacon bits or bacon chunks, and, like, they fucking busted it open. And I'm like, oh, shit. Fucking American-style bacon. I'm, like, following the trail of, like, bacon. And then it just led me to... It led me to some, like, CDJ decks. And I'm like... And then there was, like, this challenge. Like, you know, those role-playing games and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. you have to, like complete all these quests to unlock the bacon <laughs> and so that's how i learned to dj it's like oh you must learn to beat match it <laughs> wait a second you need to eq this shit this is at a nightclub or at a party um this was in like a really sketchy basement um how amusing you want to hear the rest of the story yeah, actually no i do <laughs> and like after i unlocked the bacon I had to go into this, like, nondescript van, and, like, I had the bacon, and then... <laughs> no, I just had bacon. <laughs> it's like, my bacon, like, you mean bacon. Bullet right? dodged. <laughs> I was like, oh, Not shit. exactly dodged. <laughs> yeah. right, I had bacon, enough. and we listened to, like, Barney songs and shit like that. And oh, then, that, um, that would make me suicidal. I love you. And that's what I learned to DJ on. It oh, was really? actually pretty fucking cool. Like, Interesting. Um, I was like, yeah, man, like scratching on fucking Barney and like Lamb Chops play along and shit like that. Damn, that is no, fucking hardcore. Gonna, I swear to God, I've never done LSD. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just bullshitting I, this whole thing. <laughs> I know. We, we know. But like, I, I swear to God, that, that was a good bullshit story. If I had a hat, I would take it off. And no, I um, love bacon. The real story is that I used to be a guitarist. Mm-hmm. And after graduating university, I found that it was really hard to maintain a band and continue doing music because everyone's schedules all different. Yeah, we, I had a, I was in a band, but it was really hard for everyone to get together and practice. And then I realized I wanted to keep doing music, but I wanted mm-hmm. to do it on my own. And just being a guitarist on your own, like I couldn't really play the music I wanted to play. And I, at the time, I started getting into trance and hard dance music. What year was this? This was. When I really, really started getting into trance and hard dance was around 2007. Okay. I was hardcore going out to clubs. Like, 
multiple times a week. I started getting to know some DJs. I started getting... Uh, In Japan? Yeah, yeah, here. Okay, cool. Um, I got to know some very famous DJs, actually, and I would really watch what they were doing. I'm like, wow, this is this is sick. Like, this is, this is absolutely sick. This is... Um, I think this is what I can do in order to continue doing music on my own. And then when I started it, honest to God, I sucked. Like, um, everybody we, does. We all did. I had a huge complex about it because, um, the person who taught me how to DJ, um, I really, really respected her. And for a long time, I felt like I was probably really letting her down with, with my shittiness. But, um, after maybe about two years, Two to three years continuing into it, it finally, I finally felt like I got good, and I also felt like I could make a career out of it if I really pushed myself. Mm. And the very ironic thing um, that actually gave me a huge foot in the door was the earthquake that hit here. Because mm. so many, there's there's a lot of foreigners who DJ in Tokyo. Mm. A lot. And... Most of them booked it the fuck out of here. They did. Um, organizers booked it the fuck out yep. of here. I stayed. You I stayed. stayed. I stayed. And um, this one of my made our podcast famous. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. After that, we just exploded. Yeah. So um, I stayed, and one of my friends was working for a small venue that was a couple stations down from me, and they knew that I stayed, but um, jeez, most of their other DJs and organizers just booked it the fuck out of there. They didn't have anyone to spin. They yeah. didn't have anyone to organize. I wasn't going to get in on the organizing thing, but I was going there and spinning three, four times a week, sometimes five times a week. And like, sometimes they'd pay a little, sometimes they would pay me in free pizza. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. Pizza's actually, their, their, their pizzas were very good, so I didn't mind that. And at no all. complaints, right? Yeah, yeah no complaints. <laughs> and it really got me DJing a lot more frequently. Mm-hmm. And that really opened a lot of doors from there. Just the fact that I was here and was reliable at that time. And then I just, um, from about that time, I really picked up a lot of gigs. And then even, you know, even when things settled back in and people came back, of course, I wasn't having to DJ four or five times a week at the same place or three times a week, however much it was. But um, by that time... I had already gotten my name up a little bit, and then other places were asking me to spin there, and that, that's how that worked, actually. Don't, don't, don't sell yourself short. You've got an interesting personality, and you're fun to fucking talk to. Like, you know how, the, you, you know yeah. how to network. I agree. So you, you've done yeah. a good job well, with that. I but think... like, I've, I've seen her like entire career direct, uh, to, uh, how to say, to, uh, catapult. Yeah, Tom actually, um, I knew Tom before he was a DJ, and he knew me when I was just starting to DJ. Like when we we're, it was at that shitty little bar in yeah, it was a bar code in Ikebukuro, like, some fucking shitty that... little hip hop oh, club. Okay, okay, the bar itself is not <laughs> shitty. It's just that their DJ equipment was complete and other. No, no, shit. It, trust me, it's everything about that place is shit. <laughs> and I want to burn it down after all these years. I still want to fucking burn whoa, it. Down. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> no, 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 seriously, fuck that. Hypothetically, hypothetically. I haven't committed any crimes yet. Well, you can't say I want to do something and then say something really bad like that. It, so it was say, obviously a joke. <laughs> <laughs> right, but yeah, and anyway, fuck that place. There's there's no other way I can say it, but like nicely, but fuck that place. But yeah, but like I was like I was literally my first fucking day. I walk in there and like her and like her whatever crew. She it might with. have been um, the dude from uh, the dude from Seattle. I can't remember Ash. his name. Yeah, Ash. Oh Seattle. man, Ash! That guy was, was cool. nuts, dude. That guy was. Funny he, he was as out fuck. there. Yeah. This guy, okay, this guy, Ash. Um, there was one day, I met him with a bunch of other friends, and he was just showing everyone his new tattoo. He got a tattoo of Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force tattooed on his ass. <laughs> that is pretty and awesome. I was like, <laughs> what? He got drunk at a fetish party. And they actually had a tattooist booth there. It was, what, like 5,000 yen ichi mayan. He got a tattoo of Shake on his ass. And then he was... Why? Because that's the way he is. And uh, yeah, he, was uh, just, he was pretty out there. He yeah. was showing it to everyone and being like, my milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Actually, I, I remember him because he, he was a good tipper. Mm-hmm. And 
Oh yeah, he was he was a raving lunatic though. Oh, he used to work at the bar. Yeah, I was okay. a bart- I was a bartender. So that's why you hate the place. Okay, yeah. all right, cool. Mm. Now I got it. Now everything. Yeah, that, that, that worked for about two months, and I was at a low point in life. And after that, I was like, "Fuck this noise!" And then, like, weirdly enough, like a couple uh, a long personal story for me. But like, I went through this crazy fucking journey, and then like a couple years later, like I, w- I went to a party, mm-hmm. and like it was like uh, it was a Christmas party, Hangover Helper, mm-hmm. and like so I like I, that. I, 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 I see this girl like uh, she's. You know, she looked kind of familiar, but like, you know, she's very classy, like, you know, career woman, like business case style. And I was what? like, I was like, yeah, I was yeah. dressed as a businesswoman. You looked, you, you looked pretty professional at the time. And where, I was like, where, where the heck was this? Uh, hangover Halloween. Uh, sorry, not Halloween. Uh, Christmas hangover helper. But where was this? Uh, J-pop cafe. Oh, J-pop cafe oh, is a dude, good place. I wasn't looking like a businesswoman. I was in like a like a red dress for Christmas. I had my titties like like it was like damn. I'm sorry, Lexi. For Tom, that is business. Yeah. <laughs> no, I remember I had to wear something like over top because I was afraid my boobs were gonna fall out of that dress, man. That was nothing compared to the Oak Paradise event you did. Oh, yeah, there's another Oak Paradise coming up. Next month I'm going to be in it. Yes. What's Oak Paradise? Oak Paradise. Oh, yeah, Paradise. Let's, let's, let's do the Japanese. Opai, titties. Oh. Paradise. Like, all the girls oh, wear nipple works. covers. Uh-huh. The guys can wear nipple covers, too. But, like, last time, nipple covers didn't get enough support, so I just took duct tape. I took yellow duct tape, and I just put it on there. And It took three days to wash all the... Crap from the duct tape off. It was very painful removing, but it looked awesome as fuck. I, I, I just like saw it. Like I didn't believe she was gonna do it. She posts pictures on Facebook and like mm-hmm. she's like, I'm, I'm going to this party. I'm like, I'm like, I'll be there. Fuck. <laughs> it was like eye contact level impossible. <laughs> nice, dude. Holy smokes. All right. So, so you just started DJing and stuff, and then after the earthquake, you started getting booked more and more and more. So you don't organize events? No, I I do organize a lot so of now, events. Now you switched over to organizing. Yeah, I'm more, yeah. Um, because so, I realized so you got business skills, man. Trust me. Well, I also realized um, there weren't enough events for the genres of music that I wanted to play, and that's why I sort of had to start organizing events in order to find that kind of satisfaction in there. What kind of music? Um, I wanted to play like a really deep kind of progressive house cool. and progressive trance, and there weren't really many opportunities for that around. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's a lot of people who like the music, but a lot of clubs and organi- you know, clubs and venues, they don't even really think about that genre. Like they're they're too stuck in this. It's either totally commercial or totally underground kind of thing. Mm. And um, there's there's a bit of dispute. I, I would agree with you. And so. It was really a bit challenging at first, but I I actually really owe a lot to DJ Aki, the drum and bass DJ from oh, Moon. Oh, Moon, yeah, Aki, yeah. Yeah, because he's the one who who got me my own regular my own regular crew in. Oh. Sorry, oh, I'm yeah. pouring drinks, I'm yeah. spilling. Fail, Johnny, fail. Yeah. I thought I was the one who was drunk. No, you know, you are pretty fucking drunk. Your eyes are fucking bugging out of your head. But that's cool. Mm-hmm. So so DJ Aki, he's the one that really hooked you up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. he's been in the scene for years. Dude, he's, um, he's a pretty cool dude to talk to. I yeah. really, so really... She knows him a little bit better than I used to. I really owe a lot to DJ Aki. Um, even during some really hard times, like... You know, like, he's always made me feel really positive about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff. And even... Even when I'm not in Japan, because recently I'm mostly in Southeast Asia, he still has me continuing my events for him and that kind of stuff. So mm. that's pretty awesome. Yeah. What, what, what are you talking about? Like uh, zero success? You still doing those? Oh yeah, we got one coming up next weekend. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. Well, here's your platform to promote. Zero I, success. I used, to, I used to DJ for those a lot. They were good. Um, Asia's biggest drum and bass party. Um, it's every month, usually the first Saturday of the month. You get like like 800 people there. It's pretty big. Um, I handle the fourth floor on that, so my crew gets to do what we want, but it, we usually keep it towards the progressive house or or techno or minimal kind of side. But um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's an interesting vibe. It has a very unique customer base. Like the people there really dance a lot, and that's what I love about that party. Like they're really responsive to the music. I, I, That's pretty I, awesome. I can back her up 100% because I've DJed for a lot of these parties. And I, like, I, I didn't I didn't not think she was telling the truth. 
No, but no, but no. I'm just saying to interject. Like, I'm like, hmm. they're fucking awesome. Like, how do you say the customers there are fucking quality? Everybody, everybody there is cool as fuck. Like, how do you say the staff, the bartenders, everybody's cool as fuck. Okay, that's cool. So, like, right. you know, and they do really get into it because that, that's yeah. one of the sad things. Like, how do you say you can say about Japan is like. You go to a lot of clubs and people just kind of go to be seen and they don't really get into it. But, like, mm-hmm. this, this is one of those parties where people go fucking nuts. Dude, okay, I used to go to Zero Success as a customer before I started DJing there. Like, I was already a DJ, but I think as DJs it's important that we also go to events as customers to, number one, expand our minds what's going on, not forget what it feels like to be on the dance floor instead of behind the decks mm. and also just to just to explore new genres of music and take some time off and just enjoy yourself and i used to go to zero success as a customer like mm. all the time and i remember seeing crazy stuff like people trying to crowd surf and stuff like that in mm. there when it got Isn't really dj oki didn't he start that dj aki didn't i know uh, Oh, Steve Elke, you mean? Yeah, yeah, Steve Elke. Uh, yeah, oh, that was that's... stage diving and shit like that. Yeah, yeah like, like, like boats. I, I think, I think, ro- I think Rockstar started it before he did. Yeah, well, yeah we know that, but I mean, for no, like DJs and stuff. No, it wasn't DJ, it wasn't a DJ crowd surfing. It was people in the crowd. They were like, I saw them like lifting other people up and like passing them around How and stuff How can you do like that, that when you're dancing like that, you know? It was so packed in that, I mean, there it were times worked. that that party got so packed you could barely move and then like, Someone would just go up. Wow, that's crazy! Like I, I started going to raves in like 1993. Wow. I, yeah, like I'm from Detroit and shit. I, I first rave I went to, I was like 14 years old, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, like um, so I've been. I mean, I, I'm not in the scene per se mm-hmm. so much anymore and stuff, but um, yeah, I started DJing in like 1996, I think. With records and stuff, completely different from what you guys. I already stopped mm. and shit, so I'm not saying like, ah, oh, hey, I'm better. You didn't ask me questions about the equipment. <laughs> well, yeah, because I don't know how to do like the CDJ thing and stuff like that. Pretty it, it, dude, if you, if you can spin vinyl, you can fucking do this. It's easy. No, I, I kind of got it and stuff, but yeah, th- I'm not talking about that. But the thing is, like, I'm saying that the scene that when it first started and stuff, and like, like, oh, well, I guess it started like in the late '80s and stuff, mm. but like when it really started like kicking in the '90s, or whatever. That compared to now is like very, very different, yeah. right? And the thing is, like, like now with like like people who are actually trying to like crowd surf and have like like throwing cake and stuff into the audience <laughs> and stuff like that or whatever. What is your take on that? Do you think that it's becoming like too commercial? Do you think it needs a more of an underground feel, or uh, do you think that that the clubs are going to kind of like uh, kind of? Uh, do you think that people are going to take like events to like maybe like the underground again, or is there an underground in Tokyo? Um. These are all really good questions. I think it's actually important to have both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, the underground, it's not for everyone, and that's why it is underground. Yeah. Mm. You know, and like, you, we shouldn't try to force the underground to be for everyone. Like, it should, it's for the people who appreciate the music, and that's what it always should be, and we should never forget about that. Yeah. And mm. Tokyo has an excellent underground scene. They, 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 um, they do. They, they do. Yeah. Like, Go ahead. Um, one of the genres I feel like is never really going to die in Tokyo is techno. Like, techno has been going strong here for, you know, 25 plus years. I am, um, yeah. Trust me, I am all over that shit. Yeah, Jeff Mills, who's mm-hmm. like one of, he's from Cybertron, one of the original, like, like, um, yeah. you, you know Jeff Mills, yeah. right? So, he actually had a house in the next station over and stuff in Dakanyama. His mm-hmm. wife is Japanese. And oh, so I think really? he lives in, uh... I think he lives in Berlin now, I think. Last mm. time, I mean, I've been like, I, I don't stalk him or anything. <laughs> Not yeah. anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> the cops told me to uh, stop. J- Jeff Mills <laughs> is really good. Uh, was it Mark Knight? I've, I've been to some events like that. Oh, yeah, I did the yeah. event with Mark Knight yeah, like a year dude, or two he was ago. was fucking dope. We went uh, to, we to Sushizamai in the morning. The, well, I, I, I unfortunately <laughs> didn't get to meet him, but like, man, the crowd was fucking Yeah, the excellent. crowd was very, very good for that one. Yeah. Um, I had random people just run up to me and talk to me and like, hey, how you doing, blah, 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 and just like wanted to be friends on Facebook. I'm like, oh, okay. Another one you that know, had... Obviously, you have good taste in music, so yes, I will be your friend on Facebook. Another... Give him a sticker next time. Yeah. Another one that had excellent crowd was oh, uh, I stickers. Tale of oh, Us. I, I don't stickers. know if you know who Tale of Us are. Oh, yeah, 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 they had a very good crowd. Um, like, it comes and goes in waves, of course. There's sometimes when t- it's much stronger than others and much weaker than others. But I feel like techno is never really going to go away in Tokyo. Yeah. But in terms of commercialization, <clears throat> I think having commercial events serves a purpose. Like, it has a place. But what I don't like is when the people doing the commercial events are trying to push out 
the underground events and but but still trying to basically keep what those of us in the underground have spent you know our life building um for example let's talk about edm let's talk about that let's talk about you can go on and on because i'll keep it i'll keep it short okay so edm it got kind of a following in Japan. It didn't get as massive as it did in like North America per se. Yeah, well, it but, got um, big enough. Yeah, it got big enough. But then all of a sudden, some hipster ass motherfuckers, they're like, <laughs> they decide there's too many EDM DJs, and they don't want to call themselves EDM anymore, even though they're playing the same it's commercial. Future House. No, oh, oh, oh. Future House is a little bit different. But they started calling this, themselves. It still sucks. They started calling themselves bass music. And I'm like, funny, because I go to, like, almost all the major bass music events in Tokyo. I have never seen any of you guys there. I've never once seen you guys show up to an actual bass music event. And then you hear them playing, and it's basically 90% the same commercial big room EDM the other DJs are playing with a couple of shitty festival trap songs thrown in. And, like, that's to me a bit disrespectful because they're trying to use that term like the bass music term and it's not only amateur DJs doing this I know some bigger companies doing this too they're trying to use that term and make it trendy um, to basically I don't like they're kind of pulling the rug trying to pull the rug out from underneath the actual already established bass music scene without using the DJs that built that scene but it's, it, it, I would say it's incompatible though it is, and the customers... And it, it's a shitty, stupid thing for them to do, but, like, yes, I, yeah. I, I agree. I've seen it as well. I'm, I'm not doing The customers are not that dumb, either. Like, mm. you know, they they kind of know what's going on. They they see it, so... But this isn't the only time that kind of thing has happened, but it's an easy example to talk yeah. about. Yeah, well, I, I, I think it's been kind of like, how do you say, like, some rich shitheads want to do an easy cra- cash grab. Yeah. See, that's what I was just going to ask and stuff. So they're basically, like, just doing this to, like, uh, capitalize... On like the industry, they're like, okay, we're gonna do an EDM event, and we're gonna call it bass music, and then we're gonna have it at a yeah. club such as, uh, let's just say, Club XYZ or ABC mm-hmm. or whatever. We're gonna have it there and stuff. We're gonna hire in like dancers and yeah. people come in, and this is kind of like a cheesy event, but the music is very similar to like other like genres and stuff. Well, it's like similar <laughs> to the same commercial music you're hearing at other places. They're just slapping on the bass music term, mm. and what's really dangerous about this is. Okay, you hear a lot um, nowadays on social media about people talking about cultural appropriation. Uh-huh. This is basically the musical equivalent of that. I mean, obviously, it's not as um, it's not as heavy of a thing as completely like you know stealing and disrespecting someone else's culture. But along the same lines, you're taking something that people have spent. Like communities have but, but, built up. To, to us, it is though. Yeah. To, to to us. Yeah. It is, and like yeah, but we we can't we can't put a finger on and say that's racist because we can't well, call it's, it a yeah, race. It's not racist. Not racist. But, um, it's not can, racist. Can I finish but the like, idea? Not racist. Can I finish? Not, can not I finish racist, the idea? Um, so basically, a lot of musical styles have been built out of certain circumstances, whether they're geographical, cultural, generational, um, and. You know, people put their lives into building this scene. They're not trends. Like, for example, what what we think of as bass music, drum mm. and bass, um, jungle, dubstep. Mm. This has been around for a very, very long time. Mm. Jungle has Bre- been around before. Yeah, breakbeats. Be- yeah. break <clears throat> um, and you can't just all of a sudden decide you want to make it trendy because... Once the you know once the trend goes out of fashion in favor of the next trend, mm. um, people will look back and be like, "Oh, that's that's old now. It's not cool anymore." But the thing is, when when you're building something like that, it wasn't about making a trend at first. It's like a movement, and it's it's still staying there. And it's not right to just I don't know trendify a genre that's been around for a long time then chew it up milk it for all it's worth and then spit it out that's the that's the unfortunate circumstances we're living in though yeah but like, i agree with you 100 percent. but like how do you say like yeah that was just like fucking it like i when i was a kid i was a raver same as same as you guys mm-hmm. when i was a younger kid when i was a teenager i went to all the 
of fucking clubs. Like when I was 16, it was like, I first time I went, I, mm-hmm. I thought the DJ was some kind of magician. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is he doing? Holy, holy fuck, he just like, you know, flips and switches and all this awesome music comes out. Well, I think it's fine when the DJs in that genre themselves are building up, like each genre has its own trends within mm. it. Mm. Like, um, yes, an yeah. easy one to point out would be trance. You know, trance has had... Um, there's times when vocal trance is really popular. There's times when it's tech trance. There's, mm. you know, it, yeah, it goes, it comes and goes in cycles. Go are basically the same thing. But basically, it's that scene internally that's building its own trends and changes. It's, it's a completely different thing when some corporate fucktard from the outside is like, says, let's commercialize this shit. Yeah, is this happening like all over? <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> punch yeah, right? me. No, don't punch me. Is this happening? Don't. You dare? Is this happening like all I want over? To. Yeah, I know you do. Is this happening like all over like Japan or all over Asia or all over the world? Like, uh, is this just kind of like a global trend, or is this only like uh, distinctively for t- Tokyo? Um, I think it's a lot more pronounced in Japan because um, mm. this is one other problem that happens. Um, but it is a global trend. I it it is mm. a global trend, but I think there's a reason why it's very pronounced in Japan. Mm. Um, okay, people often say, why didn't EDM blow up in Japan the way it did in a lot of other countries? And they're like, Japan is too late on the trends and that kind of stuff. When it comes to EDM, it couldn't grow organically the way other trends do because the artists are too expensive for normal people to book. Um, They only play festivals, and we don't really have festivals in Japan. So there are also geographic uh, proximity and things being expensive here. There there are factors, but yeah. So that scene had a lot of hurdles in actually growing organically, and there's always these big corporations in the music industry that are looking for what's gonna be hot and what they can milk the fuck out of. Yeah. And when it came to EDM, let's be honest. Yeah. When it came to EDM. The customers weren't necessarily late in jumping on that. There were people who liked that from the very beginning. The companies, those big corporate companies, were late in jumping in on that because it's a huge finance... That genre in particular Mm. was a huge financial risk because of the costs of the artists, the cost of licensing, all this kind of stuff. High risk, high return. Um, actually, very low return though. Oh, really? Oh, okay. um, maybe, maybe you know a little bit more than I do. Actually, but I want to talk about that. Yeah, because yeah, I got experience so, in that. Yeah. So basically, one thing that was happening is these companies—they're kind of like, should we jump on this? Should we not? And the problem that was happening—they're already waiting until something becomes a hit or a buzzword before they jump on it. Yeah. So that's why it seemed like everything was late, and that's why they're so about like buzzword terms. Like after EDM, they. You know, some of them went to Future House, but it was already kind of late for Future House. Then they moved to Tropical can, House. Can, it was can, same can, thing with the. Can I jump music. in? Can I jump in really mm-hmm. quick here and say, like, actually, I think the EDM scene actually improved the club scene in Japan because, like, it got a lot of people interested who weren't into club music, mm-hmm. but the, a lot of young people who kind of got into it, and they're, they're like, all of a sudden, like, once they get into EDM, like, EDM, yay! And all, all of a sudden, they start like looking at other music, and they're like, mm. "Oh yeah, now you can do tech. There's techno, there's house, there's all these other genres." No, I think it it, it can That's actually a be point. a very yeah. a very good foot in the door for people, um, as long as they don't oversaturate it and just make people tired of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a foot in the door, it can be it can actually be very good, even though it's not the kind of music I like. I think anything that gets people in there and gets people more interested in other things, but. When you get a lot of these big companies in, they're all—they're basically only interested in what are the hit songs already. Yeah, they're licensing songs that were hits that are like two years old, and um, they were just very late in entering that because it's a huge financial risk. The oh. the, the costs of the artists are ridiculous: hundred thousand, two hundred thousand USD to bring some of these guys. Well, over. how do you say like Womb, Agaha, Vision, like you know? How- Mm-hmm. They can afford like the top line artists. Other clubs, no, they like, can't. There is no way that a club that size can make a profit off of these oh, artists. Oh, really? A hundred thousand dollars for one DJ? Like, isn't Paulie D like the guy from Jersey Shore the most expensive DJ in the world? 
I have no idea. Like, what about Paris was... Hilton? Oh, okay, or Paris Hilton. No, I think... Can we even call her a DJ? I want DJ Craze. <laughs> I think you, you, um, you, you Calvin know, Harris, know Wonder actually, Wonder might be one of the most expensive. Calvin Harris, um, Tiesto. The reason that Tiesto is quite expensive is because... You can turn pr- the knobs faster? No, his private jet, the landing fees on the jet, the park, the, the fees to park the jet overnight. I, actually, I think Tiesto is the richest DJ in the world. Yeah, it's he, he's like he's getting he's getting close to a billion being a billionaire. Mm-hmm. I would believe it. He has a residency in Las Vegas. Like, yeah. well, he's got, he's wow. got say he's got a fucking like fleets and mansions everywhere all yeah. over the world. So, so. Are you telling like kids like I mean, there's a lot of people that listen to this show and stuff. And you, are you telling kids right now that they should just stop? Thinking about no. college and just like invest in turntable. No, no. Okay. <laughs> this this is a good story. Like, like, no, you can this, become a billionaire. No, this makes a really good story. Yeah. Um, I actually repost. This was like a year or so ago. I saw this. I reposted it on Twitter, and a lot of people also started reposting it when I saw it. There was um a DJ school. Uh huh. Oh, a DJ school. All right. There was a DJ school in Tokyo that was advertising. Wait, 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 hold on a second. I think we're, okay. we're doing sign language right now. Tom, yes, you can open that beard. How many do you have? Uh, two more. Two more. Can I have one? Yes. Thanks, dude. Uh, sorry, sorry. Not, sorry. Not to interrupt you. All right. Oh, me and Tom. No, we have a very nice guest. Like, please, please talk. Talk no, no, on. No, talk no. on. I, I was just trying to do sign language. Like, give me one beer, please. But I, I guess my sign language isn't yeah, that good. I guess you kind of fucked right. up. <laughs> well, no. I this, is, this is going to be aside from my opinion that most DJ schools are fucking jokes in the first place. But They are. Um, this one in particular was advertising. Oh, like, if you're a DJ, like... You can make this much money, and it was showing the, the salaries of the top DJs in the world. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? A like most DJs, in, most DJs in Japan don't get paid at all um, until you're really, really established. And even mm. then, what we get paid is nothing compared to this. Like, like you're taking like the top point zero 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 one percent and telling these young ass kids, like, oh. This is what you make as a DJ when, in in actuality, most DJs in Japan cannot earn enough money to support themselves. And also, I think we should mention you're 100% right on that. But, like, mm-hmm. how do you say, like, there's a lot of other social factors, not just being a good DJ, it's like yeah. social skills and networking mm-hmm. and being able to do a bunch of shit. That's right. You, you actually, you're pretty good at that, Tom. I've had a lot of practice, but, like, I, I think she's better than me, and I think Jeremy might. Jeremy, who who had on the show before, I think might be a little bit better than me. But like, yeah, they. I think because he doesn't drink so much. <laughs> this is dude, he's a lunatic, dude. You, dude, I've known Jeremy for lot. years, yeah, but no, but you drink, you throw him down, dude, and that's why we love you. All right, oh, but like, so- actually, but like, I say, she was my manager for what, like, a year or two. And like I was a bit of a handful. I can imagine. I trust me. I know. But the thing is, the things. Okay, so being a DJ is not just only like like you know knowing good tracks, knowing mm-hmm. how to play good tracks, knowing which tracks go with other tracks and stuff, mm-hmm. knowing how to work a crowd. But it's also the business side where you got to yeah. like be able to uh, talk to other DJs and socialize with them because they are your. Uh, colleagues per se also you got to talk to other people and stuff like promoters and nightclub owners mm-hmm. and managers and then when you do get paid you got to tip on the bar because the one thing that the club wants is that you are bringing people in and they're drinking at the bar and they're making well, money right um in yeah. japan we don't tip out the bar but we do have to bring a lot of our own customers unless you're a guest dj so um support djs in general are responsible for helping to bring the crowd in um, that's that's very very standard in Japan. Some people hate it. Some people like it. For me, it's not a love or hate thing. It's just something that we have to do, and that we just have to accept that it's part of the job. Um, for, for, for me, yeah. I would say it just is. Yeah, it's, it's just, just something just that job. is. Whether you, no matter how much you hate it, it's not really going to go away right now. So the best thing to do is just. You know, make a good impression of yourself. You have to take some. You have to take some crappy gigs at first to, before you're established here. But mm. um, no matter how shitty you think your gigs are, even if there's only like five people there, you still can't half-ass it because those five yes. people that showed up, yeah. they're, they're there for you. And like, if they think you're awesome, they'll come back. They'll tell their friends, and that's how. Like, like the number one mistake a lot of DJs make is they get. They get really big egos, 
and they only take their big gigs seriously or something like that. And you actually have to be professional at all of them. That's a good point. Because you, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I got a booking in Toronto for the winter. Cool. But, yeah, because, like, literally, I showed up, I played 30 minute set, I was booked two days before, last minute, and I was like, well, fuck it, I'm going to play, I'm still going to play a good set. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, like, w- w- the guest DJ from Toronto was like, hey, I like your stuff. And, like, I gave him a business card, wow. and, like, a couple of days later, he mailed me, he goes, Hey man, I'm just cruising around Shibuya. Like, you want to hang out? And like, yeah, I got time. You mm-hmm. seemed like a pretty cool dude. But like, yeah, you're right. But like, yeah, to, to go into your story, like, well, obviously you know my story. But like, uh, those DJ schools are a fucking joke. They are a joke. So they are a fucking joke. Okay. But like, but like, okay. Uh, indoor voices. Indoor, indoor voices. <laughs> indoor voices. I, prom- I, I this promise. This is a you. family show, I, Tom. I, 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 I get so fucking passionate about this, you but do, like you this, do. This, 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 good, this, this good though. This this does relate to her though, but yeah. like um, I went to a DJ school for like I don't know a couple of months, and I was paying him money. He never told the story in the show. Tell your story, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Sorry, I tried right. to interrupt you. Here comes the, the juicy the juicy details. Well, so, so I'm pretty sure she knows, but cause yeah, she was too. there. She was at fucking ground zero, but like yeah, I was paying. You know, I was paying a shitload of money. How much were you paying? How much was it pay like uh, two, in Tokyo, right? Twenty five bucks an hour, two thousand five hundred yen an hour, I think. But they were the teachers were showing up late and not really even teaching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, was like, I, I, I should you know. How I'm much did you pay like, over the over the entire course? Like, how much money did you pump in for the <sighs> course? Because you also had to pay Nyugakuhi, like the fee to join. No, the no, no, I, but, no. Like oh. I was supposed to, but I, I negotiated my way mm-hmm. out of that. Did but, you like, play with records or CDs? No CDs, but it was there's. I think the, I think there were CDJ three hundreds. Maybe they were like you know, low oh, quality, the old like, ones. Yeah, the yeah. old, uh, like, like the mm-hmm. silver tops and shit. Yeah, I believe I could be wrong, but like anyway. So like this went on, and like I actually like I I should. There's a Swiss guy named Sammy who was really fucking cool mm-hmm. at first. And, like, he, he actually did help me out. He showed me... He basically t- put me on the basic path mm-hmm. to h- how to, like, you know, DJ. And, like, I I fucked off. I was drinking a lot of the time. I wasn't taking it seriously. I'm like, oh, this is fucking cool. But, like, then I got hooked up with a business course. And I had to be, like, how do you say, Siyoshi, the company president's, like, mm-hmm. you know, student. I had to change classes into there. And, like... It was a shit show. It was like his idea of a lesson is like, go over there and practice. Mm-hmm. No, go over there and practice. And um, yeah, the, the last ten, ten, you know, ten, you know, minutes of like, you know, the lesson for two hours, you can, you know, DJ in front of everybody. It's like, uh, Wait, what? Question: When it, when you say like, all right, you're you're not scratching. You're just doing. You're mixing like beats and shit. And you're yeah. mixing like like trance or techno or something like that. Go over there and practice is basically just like. Matching one number to another number and stuff like that, and just well, like, if, they're, if they're different BPMs or something, or like uh, I didn't know this, but I was trying to DJ Psytrance, which is hard as fuck. Okay, like drum and bass is probably the most difficult genre to mix. Yeah, Psytrance is number two, but like you know, if you if you look at other genres, you like EDM. EDM is commercial EDM is piss easy to DJ. Techno is actually pretty easy too. Mm. Yeah, it depends, it depends on what kind of te- techno you spin, but it's not bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, yeah, techno thing, like, it's not bad, but, like, how do you say, I've gotten more advanced, like, you know, I've messed around with it a little bit, but, yeah. yeah. But I'm agreeing and with it, you that, like, 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 going over there and practicing is kind of bullshit and shit, because, I mean, if you're scratching, if somebody's doing, like, a flare or a chirp or something like that, then yeah. I, I, I scratch. Mm-hmm. So, so in that case there, like, it's just, like, I mean, I can see how you could have, you need people to take time to, like, like, practice indoors you know mm-hmm. yes I, I i get that but like it's, it's a long story basically i agreeing with you they, they, they are full of shit though because like go over there and practice is like dude if i did this as a sensei as an english teacher uh-huh. like i would be fucking fired like eh, here's a textbook fuck off yeah that's what i'm saying yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, it was complete bullshit so like yeah once once I had his classes, I was like, I started to get like a little bit angry with him and like and mail him and just wouldn't respond to messages. So I was like, you know, fuck this guy. It, it's a long story, but like, you know, I got really fucking into it. So both of you guys agree that DJ schools are unnecessary. Um, most of them are ripoffs in Japan, especially. Mm. Most of them are ripoffs in Malaysia. It's a little bit different. Um, there's a bit too many DJ schools down there, so most of them probably don't really. 
you know, do are probably not very effective, but there's some, um, actually where I live, it's not a full-fledged DJ school, but my roommate who runs the house, he takes DJ students, but he trains them fast. Um, we have one guy, he's DJing pretty damn... Yeah, but, um, oh, dude, he's he's awesome. Um, he's a fucking. We have awesome other guy. people who are teaching. We have two other DJs who are teaching mm-hmm. them though. Um, his whole thing is to train them fast and then get them gigs so that they mm-hmm. can work for him. Because he's running like he needs. He has a business where he needs to send DJs to all different kinds of outlets. He's got people constantly looking for DJs. So in that case, his motivation isn't to milk the student for money over a long term. It's to train them. Fast in multiple genres, get them confident, get them to you know be comfortable with various different kind of equipment, different situations, the, so that they can handle all these. That that things. is good, yes or no? Because yeah, like, that, it's a win-win good. situation for everybody, and like he's a good guy. No, that's that's actually I think what these DJ schools should be. They shouldn't be trying to take you fucking half well, a year. A fucking cash grab. Yeah, half a year to teach you beat half matching. A year. Some of them for, they, wait, wait, for CDJs. Yeah, some of them are teaching, what, like half a year or something? The, my, my, the course that I went through that I never finished was like, it was a, it was an 11-month course, but like, believe me, they completely fucking padded months. out. Mm. And like, yeah. then afterwards, that school that he went to, they have a rule that once you graduate from the school for, what, two years or three years, you have to use your the school's names in your DJ credits. Yep. They make you sign a contract. And you have to do a bunch of really crappy events for the school, whereas you don't get paid. Um, you Do you have to pay to do the events? Or unless you bring a certain amount of customers, um, you have to pay or something If you're like that? gullible, you do. Oh. It's, it's, it's really like some do, some don't. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so completely different from what I was no, doing. No, no, it's, when it's, I was it's, so complete, it's complete bullshit, trust mm. me. But you can pretty much learn how to DJ on your own, though. I mean, you yeah. don't need... Yes and no, but like, I don't know. Like, I, I, need, I need a little bit of a push. But like, here, here's the thing, when, when, when certain, like... For a couple of months, I wasn't taking it seriously. I had a Swiss guy named Sammy teach me, and he was a nice guy. Mm-hmm. But, like, once I joined the other classes, like, as soon as, like, someone put the idea of, like, no, you can't do this. Like, so, someone was basically, in my mind, telling me I couldn't do this. and was like, I'll fucking show you. Yeah, you did, too. Yeah. So, your first gig was where? With, with them. But... This is um, this yeah. is where she steps into this in picture. your voice, Tom. Yeah, sorry. But, but, yeah, but, like, this is where she stepped in the picture... So, like, yeah, I, I DJ'd once for my first time, and it sucked. But, like, I was in a good situation where, like, I bought, like, top-of-the-line equipment, like, really fucking nice mm. stuff in my home. Yeah. And, like, I fucking stuff. worked my ass off because, like, as soon as I told, as soon as someone told me I couldn't do it, like, I was like, I'm gonna fucking do this. And, like, I literally begged everybody I know to, like, let me DJ at any of the parties. I don't even and, remember... And, I don't even remember what circumstances it was where you and me got into contact again about that. But I was doing a very small New Year's Eve party up at this place in Weno, like kind of out of the way. But the one slightly good thing about doing it in Weno is I could book whoever I wanted. We could do whatever music we wanted. Mm. And um, that was the first gig I gave to him. Do you remember how we even got into that? Oh, because I was was literally... I was begging you. No, I met, I met her as a bartender. Like, how do you say we? Oh, yeah, but I mean, all that, all those years, those couple of years later. How did you? Did you message me on uh, Facebook or did I run Christmas into you Christmas party. There was a Christmas party, the Hangover Helper, and there was me. That wasn't the same year. Maybe not. Maybe a year later. Like, I don't know. Maybe Facebook. We stayed in touch, mm. or maybe like I had your email address. Yeah, or I don't something. even remember um, how it was, but that was like. You want to DJ for my New Year's Eve gig? And he threw down this awesome Psytrance set. Um, it was probably one of the most banging sets of the evening, I would say. No, Tom is actually a really impressive DJ mm-hmm. and shit. Like, fucking, like, the last time I heard you at fucking Hachi and shit. the second time I DJed in live. Oh, I'm sorry, but, yeah. Oh, no, I, well, I thought you were talking to me. But, uh, no, no, you fucking, like, you really fucking rocked the house and shit. You know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that was probably the first time I actually saw you play where I was actually painting and shit. I do live painting. Mm-hmm. It's a long story. But, um, yeah. yeah. His live paintings are cool. By one. Oh, she, mm-hmm. she does live painting as well. <laughs> do you really? Yeah. Well, actually, uh, she does painting. Well, I've, I've got a couple of her paintings. So we're, you and I are both in comp- 
competition with this girl? No, I don't. You gotta get her off the fucking show. Oh, oh man. <laughs> don't oh, leave. No. Yeah, no, but I'm do you paint butts? No, I'm just kidding. I don't paint butts <laughs> they, either. Jimmy doesn't want butts a lot. I paint girls' butts. Uh, like I like big men's... butts and I cannot lie. Big booties, what Dude, I like. Dude, I paint men's hairy butts with like pimples and stuff on them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, she's got me, she's got my number. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. Oh shit. Okay, well, we'll talk after the yeah, show. Yeah, but like, um, yeah, but like basically, like, mm. Second time I ever DJ live. I, I I guarantee you the first time I DJ I fucking sucked. I fucked up. I Everybody was terrible. does. But the second time I was like I'm going to fucking own this. And like she was the one person because I literally I I've been I've been clubbing for hardcore for a while and I had all these contacts and no one was willing to give me a chance but mm-hmm. she did. Mm. Like literally this woman made my fucking whole DJ That's career. That's probably why he talks about you all the time. <laughs> yeah, but like dude. We, we, and then okay to get revenge on the. I shouldn't call it revenge, but um, remember that the, the follow-up booking I gave you after that. Yeah. Oh, I got. Wait, did yeah, you I got like him. His thir- his, no, his third <laughs> DJ gig ever. I got him into Hagia. Hagia. All right, all right, all right. I played at Hagia. That was the third this, time. This wasn't something petty. He actually like this wasn't some kind of petty revenge on the DJ school. He actually threw down a really solid set at the New Year's Eve party. People were impressed. They were like, "You gotta get him for other." you know other events and stuff like that and awesome. then I was like well we got a trance party at Aga, huh? that's pretty cool I, right? I, I, I about splooged in my pants though because like how do you say like I I, had, I was on the mailing list I mailed everybody in the DJ school including all the teachers and all the students and like I'm DJing at Aga, huh? what are you doing <laughs> bye alright you guys gotta explain what Aga is for all the listeners we got listeners all the yeah time. Like right. The biggest club in Japan? Or it's Asia? actually the biggest club in Asia, as far as yeah. I know right now. It's the size of a football stadium, right? Or like well, a soccer stadium? I'm sorry. Well, it fits, <laughs> Which way? depending on how the layout is done, um, if you max it out, it can fit, what, 4,000 4, people, something like that? That'd be about right, but you should probably explain, like, geographical location. Like, how do you say, like, it's out there. It's out on, like, the, how do you say, like, Tokyo Bayside in the docks. Yeah, it's but really like, far because they... Basically, made... yeah, what is that, warehouse? They switched well, it actually, around. Well, um, actually, No noise complaints, I'm guessing? The It's a live music venue in the daytime. And then at nighttime, on, on the weekends only, they turn it into a club. Oh. And they have... Um, two outdoor stages, two outdoor floors and two indoor floors. So that makes it really unique because it's almost impossible to do any kind of outdoor floor at any venue in Tokyo, like because of noise complaints, all this kind of stuff. We can't even really have rooftop parties here. Mm, Unfortunately. Yeah, it's very unfortunate because I think that would be huge if we had rooftop parties around here. Oh, I would own the fucking shit out of that. I would fucking cook up some mad food and have some cello shots and, Mm. like, yeah, it'd be great. I think you did do that, Tom, in uh, Koenjiba three years ago. Yeah, I did. Unfortunately. The the venue wound up fucking me over on money, so, like, that's done. Fucking venues. Now, that's another thing I want to talk about right now. But, 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 actually, but, like, you know, to to describe I had though, like, how say they have a this is what makes it work they have a free shuttle bus from shibuya mm-hmm. it's a 30 minute bus ride and it's a very nice relaxing you go across rainbow bridge you see the sights and it's a very nice drive mm-hmm. that's what really makes it work all, all you have to do is like you know price submissions you flash your id and say hey i'm over 20 mm-hmm. awesome yeah and over 20 is what we like under 20 no thank you uh <laughs> Unless it's a whiskey. Unless it's a whiskey. Sometimes the 17-year-olds are acceptable. Yeah. Sometimes even the 12-year-olds are acceptable. (laughs) We're talking about whiskey, right? Yeah. You don't want to go to jail. She said it, not me. I said unless it's a whiskey. (laughs) Unless it's a whiskey. But, okay, organizing events and stuff in Japan. Like, when I first came here and stuff, Mm -hmm. like, for me, uh, I actually... um, I was organizing events in uh, San Francisco, and I had I had a lot of events, and that's a long story, and I've already talked about that on the show. But um, uh, in Tokyo, when I first came here, mm. stuff like uh, I, I had friends that were organizing events mm-hmm. at uh, Milk Yellow, and uh, I think what was it called Loop at Loop and stuff. Oh man, I used to go to Loop all the time. Yeah, way back in the day, right? Way it was back nice there. Place. But when we organized events at uh, Yellow, we had a connection and mm-hmm. stuff, right? And so, do you guys know Yellow? Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. It, it's just it closed down, and they brought it back as eleven, and then it. Closed I, 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 I only went there once, but I saw like uh, Vanessa May play there. That was like, oh my god, it was awesome. Yeah. You, you know, you know who Ven- Vanessa May is. What? Yeah. 
Uh, she's she's a Japanese girl. How do you say it? She's one hundred percent Japanese, but she's like born and raised in England. But like, she plays some sweet mm. fucking violin. I love violin music. I saw her play live, then I was like, yep. oh my god, my 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 jaw was just <laughs> like hanging out. I was like, oh my god, this this fucking chick is good. Awesome. But anyway, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. So like when we were organizing events, there we had two choices. We ran out the club for an extraordinarily expensive amount of money. Mm. Right? It was like very, very like it was like I don't even want to say how much. We, especially no, I I know how much it costs. It's it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous, right? Ridiculous. It's like thousands of dollars, right? So we had that. We had the kickback system. The mm-hmm. kickback system is basically like once the club makes sixty percent of the door. No, the club. From the door, they get 60% of the money, and then 40% of the money from the door gets kicked back to you mm-hmm. if you get a certain amount of people in. If you mm-hmm. don't get that certain amount of people, then you get nothing, right? Mm-hmm. The club keeps all, and you get nothing at the bar, which is extremely different from San Francisco. Like, is that still, like, how things are done? Yeah, it's actually one of the biggest hurdles in making really quality music events is mm-hmm. that system, because it makes it almost impossible to, to really... Win. Yeah, um... You also have instances where you're only getting kickback on the people who enter specifically on your guest list and not general admission. Um, you As an organizer or a DJ? As an organizer, both. you get it no, sometimes both. too. Yeah. And then you just have to trust that they're going to be honest at the door about it. You have Ooh. instances where people that you invited who are going to pay to get in, the club for some reason just lets them in for free or whatever... And you're or the one who let, has to let, pick let, up the... Unless them in doesn't put the tally mark. Yeah, and you're the one who has to pick up the cost for that. Um, like, it makes it really hard to bring in, for example, a more expensive overseas artist that you have to pay a lot of money to cover the cost when you can barely even make anything um, doing these events there unless you... Sometimes even we've had like lots and lots of people and we still don't get anything back from the venue. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think one of the best systems I've worked with so far was like kind of a gradated system based on the percentage of the door sales where it wasn't like, oh, you get 500 yen back per person or you get 1,000 yen back per person. It was like, okay, if you have less than 50 people, it's 25%. And then 50 to 70, it's 30%. Like, those kind of systems have worked a bit better. Hmm. But, um, like, it's still really hard. Like, there's there's almost never kickback on bar sales. So there are times when I brought VIP customers, and that actually doesn't get counted for anything because they they don't always pay the entrance because they're VIP. They're on a VIP package, like that kind of stuff. So if somebody's interested in being a DJ in Japan mm-hmm. or organizer, you probably shouldn't unless you want to just do it as a hobby. Well, but if you do it overseas where you can actually make money and then you it get It depends kind of a what you name. mean by overseas, though. Yeah, like, not not, every, on country, want, not every country works like this. Um, no, no, I, mean, I know. I know that. I know, but my no, point I is mean, like if I you're mean, a, a lot of, There's a lot of countries that work very similar to Japan in what they do yeah. to the organizers. Mm-hmm. It's not only Japan that does this. No, no, I know. But if somebody becomes like a famous DJ overseas and then they come to Japan, then they make money. Like, let's somebody becomes super famous and they release a lot of like CDs and tracks. Maybe. Like, let's say Dead Mouse. So somebody, mm-hmm. guy, some guy becomes like as big as Dead Mouse or Goldie. Yo, what's up, Faders? Got Faded Japan has got a new sponsor. Our new sponsor is Gamuso Bar, located in Asagaya, Tokyo. If you're kicking it in Tokyo and you want to get your groove on, get your fade on, you better get your ass down to Gamuso. Gamuso is located in Asagaya. It's about 11 minutes from Shinjuku Station on the Chuo Line. Gamuso has weekly bands, weekly performances. And hell, if you got your own event and you want to hold it at Gamuso, we'd love to host you. So contact Gamuso at www.gamuso.com That's www.gamuso.com That's right, Gamuso has not only beers in the bottle, but beers on tap. We've got every drink you want, so come on down to Gamuso. Gamuso, and if I'm working, tip me. Hey, yo, what's up, faders? Johnny here. You know I love booze and news, but I also love art. So come on down to thespiltink.com and check my art out. 
I've got tons of stuff there for you to check out. And I've got paintings, I've got prints, I've got videos. And I tell you what, if you like a painting, I could probably sell it to you. And I tell you what, if I can't sell you that painting, I will definitely sell you a print. I've got prints of all my work. Prints are about 2,000 N each, about 20 bucks. But if you buy two, you get the third one for free. So come on down to thespiltink.com. Yo, and on top of that, I'm looking for commissioned work. So if there's something that you want me to do, I can make it for you. Just check out my stuff and see if you like my style. And if you like my style, I can definitely paint you anything on canvas, paper, whatever. I've done it all. So come on down to thespiltink.com. That is T-H-E-S-P-I-L-T-I-N-K.com. Thespiltink.com. Proper. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? If you're in Asia, if you're in Japan, if you're in Tokyo, if you're in Asagaya, you better get down to Mitsuya Liquors. That's right. For the most affordable prices in Japan, you can get over 300 different kinds of beer. That's right. Over 300 different kinds of beer. And of course, they got all the shochu you need, all the sake you need. And of course, they got wine from California to Italy to France to New Zealand. They got it all. When I say they got it all, they really, seriously got it all. There's no joke about that. So get down to Mitsuya Liquors. And if you go in there and you say, got fit of Japan, you will be more than welcome to go into their back room and drink those beers that you just purchased. That's right. Got fit of Japan at Mitsuya Liquors. And three times a week, they have a sushi chef there. So get your sushi on, get your drink on, get your fade on, and come on down to Mitsuya Liquors, located comfortably in Asagaya. About five-minute walk from the station. Mitsuya Liquors. Yo, what's up, faders? Thank you very much for tuning in. This is the end. Yes, this is the end. The end, my friends. Dun, 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 For, uh, yeah, episode number uh, 314, the Devil's Night Special. Happy Halloween, although it's probably passed for everybody all over the world about now because we are a dollar short and a day late, and that's just how we roll. But don't worry, next week we're going to have the second half of the interview, plus we actually got to the news. Can you believe it? We got so goddamn faded. We drank a bottle of Pims. We drank I don't know how many beers, but uh, we drank a lot, and uh, yeah... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we got to the news. <laughs> uh, but uh, don't worry, faders. Uh, we will definitely be here next week because it's already recorded. All right. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. Well, brother, a goddamn shit-sucking vampire. Oh, you wait till mom finds out, buddy. I've got a government job to abuse. And lonely wife to fuck. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> Out of the pressure! I can't take it! I can't stand to it! Are you sure I should use this? We're going freaky! We came, we saw, we kicked his ass! Your move, creep. Man, I will never forgive your ass for this shit. This is some fucked up repugnant shit. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold.